the city. It's this sprawling, massive place, miles and miles across. Been here as long as anyone can remember. Nobles play their power games. Guilds maneuver for money and influence. Dark things emerge from the shadows to hunt. And the lamplighters take everything in while keeping the darkness at bay. The thing I always wonder is why. Why do those lamplighters keep the darkness back? What investment do they have in Avalon? Why do they keep involving common folks in the games of the houses and guilds? I think they're the true power in Avalon, but I'm only one person. Then again, I've spoken with a blasted lamplighter. Have you? The streets of Avalon. This Fawford and the Grey Mauser-inspired urban swords and sorcery city of epic proportions holds adventure, intrigue, and a darkness that comes from its denizens both above and below. It's written for the world's most popular role-playing game by Brett Blazinski. Head over to GamingNBS.com forward slash streets to grab a copy. Hi, this is Mirko, also known as Digital Hobbit, longtime listener of the show, and I'm excited to introduce Gaming NBS episode 360 being recorded on Monday, September 20th, 2021. Welcome to Tabletop. <laughs> Welcome to the Tabletop RPG podcast, affectionately known as Gaming NBS. I'm Sean, and I'm Brett. Welcome to the show, folks. Welcome back. Glad everybody's on board and with us here. Sean, how the hell are you, man? Doing fine. I would like to thank Merkel Froelich for kicking off the year of the BSer introduction to the episode. That was off, awfully good, Merkel. Yeah, I mean, that was like I don't know how many takes that took you, but that was good. That A was consummate like, professional. Cons- Concise, good diction, the whole bit. Now it's good. That's fantastic. It's better than what Sean and I do, have done for seven years. So, and, and I'm like kind of tired of doing it. So I'm outsourcing <laughs> it. Outsourcing it. Outsourcing <laughs> it. So if you didn't get the memo, we got a sign up sheet. If you want to introduce an episode of the show on behalf of the, the year of the BSer, that's all you got to do. Like I think uh, less than twenty seconds, maybe thirty. But uh, if you go to gamingnbs.com forward slash intro sign up, there's a spreadsheet there. You can pick the episode and then record it, put a link in yeah, there, or email it to us. We've got 14 spoken for so far, 38 left. So if you want to grab one, get in there and do it. Because the last thing you want to hear is Sean do this for another year. So let's see, let's see if we can uh, mix it up a bit. They're filling up fast. That's awesome. That's so people very, are probably like, cool. well, you know, what's, what's the guidelines? I'm like, well, it, it would be nice if you mentioned the episode number. The date mm-hmm. is optional. You know, if you want to get creative, that's fine. Not, you know, you know who we are. We know how we roll. We know our sense of humor. Uh, don't leave the cussing. Leave the cussing to Brett in the show, not at the yeah. start of the show. Don't make us have to nix your intro. Like, Chuckles. Yes. We like chuckles. We like to laugh chuckles a little are bit. Good. Yeah, chuckles are good. Yes, they do. So, anyways. Did you game at all since we last talked? Thursday night, Mish, uh, you know, Forbidden Lands. They are, they, <laughs> they, they, they shot a poor, innocent, younger person. 
They, oh, don't, they, don't, they don't think he was innocent, but I don't know. I guess it's all left up to interpretation. You have to be there, right? You have, as a player character, you have to be there. You don't know what yeah. they're going under, yeah, what they're true. going through, right? Yeah, the stress and everything else. Heck, it could be. Could have yeah, been. Could be. Could have been could anything. Be legit. You know, could there be might legit. be some demon blood involved, but, yeah, you know. Yep. Uh, and then they entered a tomb. They got some guardians, nice. like, blocking their way from exiting, so. We'll see. I mean, they're still in the like they're still in the same day. Like they just moved maybe a quarter of the day. So like we could go two, three, four sessions, and they could still end up being in the same day. Same day. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so yeah, it was good. Good and things continue yourself. The only thing I had was the thing you and I did together, and that was the uh, Streets of Avalon game with the Third Floor Wars crew mm-hmm. last oh, Tuesday. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was yeah, good. My, uh, my normal gaming group um, normally meets on Tuesday, Tuesday, but Alpha couldn't run, so um, and I wanted to get this game in. I wanted to wrap that up. So we weren't sure if I was going to go uh, two or three sessions, but it just was a really nice wrap-up at the tail end of the street. So I had a lot of fun with that game, Sean. I thought the Third Floor Wars crew was great. We had a really good group of people. A lot of fun. Everybody got into character, as I said last time, and uh, y'all made my job easy. That was nice. And something horrible happens to Sean's character. Son of a bitch killed my character. I I, I did kill him. I think uh, if you see uh, Young had texted me on the side, he said, you know what, Brett? That's like the consummate. He, he uh, laid it out for me as like the consummate power move. So uh, I'm pretty proud of myself. I uh... <laughs> And I didn't even do it on purpose, like, hey, this is the proof you can kill characters in 5e. Uh, Sean just got waxed. Mass damage it, rules. Mass damage rules, most definitely. It was funny. We did have one uh, one listener or, and watcher who was saying, are you are you sure you're dead? Like, And John's like, look, I had seven hit points to start with. I was down to six. He did this much plus, you know, Four, therefore. 14. Yeah. yeah, therefore done and gone. Yeah, it was... Uh, so it was a legit by the book murdering of Sean's PC. You know what? I uh, my heart felt lighter the rest of the week after that. So it was uh, it was a good time. It stung a little bit, but I got over it. Shook it off. I had to go for a walk. That's because you're a pro. You know how to you you know how to you know how to get into character, and then when you have to get out, clear your head a little bit like that. That's good. It's good stuff. <laughs> I'm just glad it wasn't you know session twenty five. Fifth yeah. level, first edition, AD and D. I just three years my into building that character. Yeah, I'm playing uh, Greyhawk tomorrow, and uh, depending what they run into, they're going to run into the uh, the Rock Grub Assassin. So it's going to be interesting. See what happens to them. Well, can't wait to hear about. That'll it. be fun. Oh yeah, it'll be fun. Hopefully. Let's see what else have we got here. Oh, congrats to our friend Jen Brinkman. She joined Goodman Games as the customer service and convention manager. And uh, we're we're assuming we're assuming that means she's Brendan LaSalle's boss. And if uh, someone needs to be ordered around, it's Brendan. She said she's not. She replied I, she she's not. I know. I know. I know. Until I just... until the booth is set up, I think so. But I did ask. If we had a complaint about Brendan, she would be the one to field that since she is customer service, right? And how do you, you can't complain about Brendan? I mean, that guy well, is, he's an amazing game master. So, yeah, that's true. But I, mean, anyway, I might that complain because is... he's, I don't know, maybe he's too sexy. 
He's just what, what? I don't know. There you go. Maybe yeah, his, I, can't, his, I couldn't his raspy it. voice. I was, I was distracted. I couldn't oh. game. Too damn sexy. Yeah. But Jen, thank you um, for uh, doing all the stuff that you do for Goodman Games. Your hand, your fingerprints have been on a number of different products, some top notch stuff, editing and so on. So this is just awesome. Thank you for that, and it's awesome to see you land this type of thing. And uh, cool. Hope they don't uh, work you too hard, and then it uh, doesn't destroy your love of the hobby. <laughs> no jokes aside, though, I'm positive Jen's going to be good. She knows what she's doing. She was already this trying gonna, to help out go. Lou, Colonel Lou Zochi, because yeah. uh, Lou had an emergency at Gen Con and they had to go to the hospital. And his daughter was the only one at the booth, and she was going to have to tear it down. And the only one there. Oh my gosh! So Jen was trying to rally people to help. Uh, I guess they were. They might have been next to the Beetle and Grim booth. I don't know, but I'm sure everything oh, wow. worked out. Hoping Lou has a good recovery. Uh, Agreed. We don't know. We don't have an update yet, but hopefully that's the the case. So, yeah. Yeesh. Let's see here. Um, um, Solster, we got a good review, Sean. You say Solster? Yeah. Solster, Thanks for the yeah. review. Uh, I didn't put down the review necessarily. It was glowing. It wasn't any. Mud skipper ridiculousness or anything. So thanks, Solster. Appreciate that. The um, Project BS, the Delta Green Experiment, is underway. Sean, are you full up? You got all your players? I have all my players and then some, Brett. Oh, my gosh. I had a late submission. I just got through my calendar stuff this last weekend. Check the work schedule. When am I on call? Da, 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 da. Just kind of ground through a bunch of different stuff. Yeah, yeah. Give like, okay, I think it's <clears throat> going to be these days, so I'm going to throw it out there. I'm trying to decide if I want to go as formal as you did with your pitch, man. I mean, good God. I may just have to scab what that is and say, see that stuff? I'll do that, but better. Um, <laughs> I don't know. So that you have, you have some really good info in there, but I think it's going to be much the same. I'm, I'm thinking I should be able to get – I want to get it rolling in October. Is what I want to do and get well into it, um, and I've got enough time around hunting trips and stuff that it won't it won't be bad. So we'll make it happen. I've got that going this week. Um, BSers, be prepared in the forums and whatnot. I'll get the announcements out. If you need uh, help dates and all that good spreading stuff. that, Brad, just let me know. Like whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But I I have uh, I've gone from four players to five players. I have a Discord group with them in there. And they've all introduced each other to each other. And I've got session zero queued up for Sunday, 9, 9 a.m. Central Time. And I will record session zero. So session zero will be the first audio episode that I will release. Um, so I'll get. I got to get some. Uh, I got the, I get the software, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's all loaded up and all that good stuff. So. There's another way. I, got, to, some, there's I another, got some work to do. There's another way to do it, which would make maybe better audio, which I'm going to try to do. But I wouldn't put that onus on you. It could be a little finicky. Okay. So that. All yeah. right. Yep. So yeah, it'll be. Uh, grab the coffees at nine in the morning. I don't know if we're going to have a full three hours necessarily, but I have. Uh, I have an itinerary. So you're going. Ready you're or? going for. You going for a bright and early a.m. start to your games. Sundays, You're crazy man. Saturdays and Sundays, I'm up at like six, seven o'clock in the morning our time. Wow, you're nuts. To, and then I start streaming Saturdays at no later than eight. I try to hit, but um, 
I get it out of the way. Like the day's done. I've got the rest of the I day. Hear you. I hear you. Yeah. So. Cool. Cool. I All right. Old. So my stuff's coming. I'll get to get it up there this week. So. All right. There you it go. Will you, guys, land. you guys heard Brett. So that's. Uh, it will land. So by the time you get this, not long after that, I will have session zero up probably up in the feed. And I believe my plan is to put it in the regular gaming MBS feed. We'll have album art and a, a moniker that is very self-identifiable. The reason I'm a little cringy is because I, there's like some podcasts that I look at that are actual play and they run a game or two games and they run them simultaneous or maybe they won't and going through their feed to get the game that I want to listen to is a little tricky, right? So... With us, it's a little unique. It's a little different because Brett and I are going to be running the same game and we all kind of understand what the premise is and I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll set up the intro for Brett's and mine. Well, it's also the first time we're doing it. So we're trying, I, I think, Sean, whatever it is you do, we all know and believe that you're trying with the best intent to make it so that if you not if you do not give a shit about this experiment at all, you can ignore it. That's right. the idea, right? So that you can look at the, the album art, whatever it is, go, oh, that's the thing I don't care about moving on. Yeah. If it is something you care about, you should be eye-catching enough so when you see it, you go, aha, that's the thingy. I want that, right? Yeah. As opposed to fumbling through. Because I've had that, too, with a couple of podcasts over the years where I'm like, oh, this is cool. This is cool. Ah, shit. I thought they this was part of the, no, it's not. I don't care about this. So. Cool, man. Anything else announcements-wise? We good? I think we're good. Uh, how are we doing? Random encounter? We got. Well, yeah, we got one random encounter. Let's. We got one. Okay. Well, let's lay it out there. So we we didn't have a ton because I don't think some like especially the last <clears throat> episode. I don't know if that warrants a. Hey, I got some. They'll feed. Plus, uh, some of our listeners are like majority of our listeners aren't always caught up. Episode drops. They listen. Oh, totally. To yeah. No. 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 Yep. And there's, and quite frankly, some of the topics we've had, we've had a couple over the years where if they don't, if they don't require discussion, they don't require discussion. I.e., y'all bored with it. You went, wow, that was a waste of an hour. Um, <laughs> which, which, sorry about that. Or you're like, hmm, cool. I don't really have anything to talk about or to add. That's totally fine. We don't, we don't take that. We don't take offense at that at all. The so only two cool. that had anything to say was Harrigan and Old School DM, and they had previously posted on that a while ago. Mm-hmm. In like a forum post, so I don't want to regurgitate that stuff. Um, but Gregor from Discord mentioned this uh, in the Discord. Very brief; it's not not too too deep, too deep, too long. Um, but simply says the main topic of the episode feels a bit like a sibling of the phenomenon, where a lot of people often are so eager to help that they will answer any question, no matter if they have an answer or not. Like if I post something on Facebook or Twitter or whatever and ask, does anyone know or do, do you, do, does anyone have any experience with, and I get responses like, have you tried Googling for, et cetera? <laughs> yeah. It, it is. I think it is definitely a sibling to that phenomenon where there's – we talked about that, right? The whole concept was – being reasonable, right? When someone's asking for something or they're looking for help, whatever, it's honestly one of the things that frustrates me when somebody says, have you tried Googling it as an answer? My first thought is you're a fucking douche. 
Right. Thank you. Thank you for that. That was that was a complete waste of time. Delete block. I, I, I mean, you just being, I used to tell Brett that all the time. You did, which is lucky we lasted seven years. <laughs> um, but especially the gaming community, to Sean saying being positive, you know, you know, influence and, and person within the space is like, hey, when someone's asking you something, like, hey, how can I do blah? It, that's that was the whole driver behind it. And sometimes we all need a reminder, you know, honestly, just. We don't have to beat people over, over the head with you playing the wrong game. If you want to do that, tell people somebody to Google it or check Google. The best way to do it yeah. is to go to the website, let me Google that for you. That for you, yes. <laughs> Type in the search, save the link, and then send them that link. Yes. <laughs> it's fantastic. I've done that at work. <laughs> I know. I always talk to about that at work. As <laughs> long as it took me to put in a search query, it went to an internet site just to rub it in somebody's yeah. face. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, let's move on to the topic. Yeah, then, let's man. get to the let's main topic. Let's yeah. just jump over. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> this isn't a 50 minute random encounter episode. We're going to get right to the main topic. Yeah, oh. What are we going to talk about this week, Brad? So one of the things I think is important, um, and Iris Lemke and I talked about this, and Kevin, uh, Kev Thulu, um, Kev Thulu's, um, um daughter, and one of the things that we've talked about is oh, ages back was the concept of RPGs, what makes them different tabletop RPGs from lots of other things. I've had this conversation with my kids and other folks, and one of the things that hit me a while back was that there's really no right answer for something. Because I was trying to, I was helping AJ and Alana, and I've talked to other folks who've asked us questions and stuff like, hey, I was thinking about all the different things we've coached, Sean, or tried to help people. Hey, here's an idea, here's an idea. I think a lot of it comes down to whenever you have an encounter, whatever it is, there's quite nearly an unlimited number of options for how it could be solved. No two groups play through the same adventure. And one of the things that got me going about this was when I was running the Streets of Avalon game for you and the Third Floor Wars crew, Butcher, Baker, Candlestick Maker. I've run it before. I changed some of the conditions of the test, but y'all went after it totally different. And I can't remember um, who mentioned it, if it was Nick or one of the other two had mentioned, hey, is this the, are we doing it similar to what other people had done? Or components and pieces that were similar, but enough of it was so drastically different. That I'm like, yeah, wow. I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think the other group would have at all approached it like this, even given some of the dynamics I changed. And I thought about it and um, reminded me, I went out and I, I found the Matt Colville quote and I threw it up here. <laughs> and he, he said, this was uh, in reference to he and um, Matt Mercer one time we're talking about, you know, what's the GM's job? And he's and Colville said, it's not my job to solve your problems. It's my job to solve your solutions. And I'm like, ooh, that's that's punchy. I normally I normally as Profound soon as I hear something even I normally when I hear something kind of punchy and kitschy, profoundy like that, I'm like, uh, you know, I kind of kind of shy away from it. But that one hit me. I was thinking about it and it hit me enough that I came back when I was thinking about this topic. And so let me take an example here. So I start my Streets of Avalon game with you and the Third Floor Wars guys. And there's an encounter, right? So there's most of you are in the are in the bar. One of you is up on the roof. 
and a thing occurs. There was no right way, per Brett's plot concept, for that to go down. Right? I threw enough clues and ideas and sounds and stuff that those of you in the bar could have gone out to become part of the fracas on the rooftop, or you could have ignored everything and stayed inside. I was prepared to do that, either of those two, and any variation there of it, because there was no right answer for that particular encounter. I didn't know what would happen. Um, quite frankly, I wasn't sure if the rogue up on the rooftop was going to run away or talk, fight. I don't know. Turns out the entire first session, nobody drew a sword, right? There was no combat encounter. Although any one of those encounters could have turned into a combat piece. Um, <clears throat> when you, when the NPC, when the kids came up and talked to your character, Sean, and they talked to, um, uh, they talked to the other PCs, they'd ask questions and the, the players would say whatever it was you said. There was no, I was not looking for a particular phrase. I don't have a list of things written down. And I was thinking about this in the, in the, the concept of railroading versus sandboxing. You all right, Sean? You with me? You okay there? Yeah, uh, my phone's ringing for some reason. Go ahead. <laughs> it's, it's not me calling you. It's not sitting it's in not front me. of me, so I got to. That's all right. So I, th I think one of the pieces that sometimes we, we get into as game masters, even as players, is we'll try something. We don't get a solution. We don't get an answer we like, right? Or we feel roadblocked or stymied in some way. And there's a tendency, and I see this a lot in people who play or came up through video games. It's not that video games are bad or evil or anything. It's just a different mode of play. But they're looking for the right uh, dialogue tree or the right question, the right thing to click on to unlock the key that lets me do the thing. And yes, there's there are games with plot coupons and so forth, but quite frankly, in a tabletop game, there's no real right answer for many of the different problems that we get that we get thrown at us. And I think, Sean, when I read an adventure, or if I ever feel myself thinking about an encounter or designing an encounter in any way, if I go, this is the uh, this. If they say this, if they do this thing, that unlocks the clue or that that does a piece or whatever the case is anytime i do that or read something that seems to say that to me i start to register in my head is like that is bad design for me my my play style is because whoever wrote this myself included i have no idea how craig eileen sean and nick how anybody is going to approach the particular question, issue, encounter at hand. I have concepts of what I think will cause that encounter to propel down a certain path, right? Or maybe another path. I may choose a few different things, but I don't have anyone keyed as the right way to go. All options, how is this going to happen? We'll see what goes down. And I think the reason that I don't mind that piece, it helps me with my improv stuff, is because I don't wait for the one person to say the one right thing or take the one specific action. So what is that? Uh, I, I just, I think it's very important. That concept of solve, I, I solve your solutions and I don't worry about solving your problems, right? The players get in a bind. They're in over their heads. They're maybe in under their heads. You know, whether they're, they're way, they got plenty of space, but they're just spinning for some reason, you know, trying to answer a riddle, for example, is a classic. 
when the answer could be a mirror, it could be love, it could be my twin brother. If any of those would reasonably solve the problem, I, as Game Master, should say, yeah, that works. It's well thought out. It's interesting. Let's go with it. There's no point to sit here and make them grope around in the dark trying to find a thing when the answer they gave me fits well enough. So that's the kind of premise I wanted to bang around here, Sean. So what does that what does that make you think about when I say all that babbling crap to you? It makes me think that you're not planning what's going to ha- what uh, what it could happen next. Why would I? Because you have to be ready, Brett. You have to be ready for when I go in that particular direction that you don't know it's going to be because you don't you, you automatically set up the premise of um solving the solution. Like so you, I can't tell me. I can't, I, t- me I can't tell if you're being ser- I can't tell me if you're being serious. If, I can't tell if you're being serious here if you're fucking with me. If you don't give me enough direction to say, okay, if they're gonna meet this person, <clears throat> that person's gonna initiate a combat. Then once they yeah. kill the person, they're gonna search the body, then they're gonna come across that one piece of paper that I need them to to find and read, and then they'll go, you know, the piece of paper will say, go here, and then they will go there, and then I will be able to pick that up. From there, How do they move from one train car to the other train car? It's right? not a train, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> They've got the ability to not kill the bad guy. Well, then they how may they even the not, paper, They Sean? may not even kill him, and... Well, how do they get the piece of paper if they don't kill them? They'll search. In your example, in players your example, always no, search. They're always searching. Everything why, is why, a pat What if they down. don't kill them? What, what if he kills the play- What if he kills two of the players and the rest of them have to run away? He drops the piece of paper. <laughs> so you're solving their solutions. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying that so the, the, the argument. That, the argument mm. would be: How do I plan out an adventure? If I don't know what the hell the player character is going to do, they could do absolutely. This goes back to weird. I'm being devil's advocate, obviously. No, go for it, man. Go if you guys me. haven't figured it out. But if if you get to the point where they could do anything, even though you're putting stuff in front of them and they problems for them to solve, mm. if you don't have some weird kind of plan of how to seed certain things. They could go in a direction where you don't have anything planned. And I think that's the problem with Game Masters. They're freaking deathly afraid of like, oh, shit. So They're going in a place I have no idea what to do. So one of the things to do in in this space is that the number of choices narrows. The number of choices that are obvious start to narrow. Yes. So in the Streets of Avalon game I just ran with you guys... At a certain point, Craig Shipman's running around trying to figure out what's going on. You guys, that guy's you off guys the get hook. down. He's just always – that's he GM so much, he just probably wanted to go crazy. I don't know. You guys got down to the Ronaldo, the street alchemist place. And in the process, Shipman figures out, oh, shit, says Craig. I got to go figure out what's going on with the kid. There's something with the, the, the candlestick maker's kids. I got to go figure out what's going on with Lucian's kids. Shit. I owe it to them. I got to figure something out. He was in a position where he either could go deal with a kid problem or stay here. Now, as a game master, for me, a tool is 
Like, okay, man. So as I, as I see it, Craig, there's two options. I'm paraphrasing how I tried to present it to him. <clears throat> I see two options, man. You go with the deal with the kids. You stay in here with the crew. Which are you doing? There's always another option. I just don't say it. Yes. If they don't know what to do, if they vacillate between the two ideas, say, look, you know, what would your look at your character's bonds? Look at what 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 do you think this is the most likely thing your character would do? Or I have the NPC kid start tugging on his shoulder and start crying, like I miss my mommy. Where's my sister? I don't understand what's going on. So I drag him in one direction or another. Now he could have said, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to hire this person. I'm going to take this. Uh, I'm going to use another NPC. They're going to take care of the kid problem so I can stay here. Huh. That's a creative solution to the which direction do I go problem I just faced you with, Craig. Cool. Somebody else is taking care of that. Now, for me, I knew that if Craig went back to where I was trying to send him, potentially, there's clues and data and things to be found that would help the investigation. Right? If he stayed... He could get involved in some other shenanigans and figure out some stuff, but there's not as much there. His character was the one that had the best chance of me dragging him off to go look in at the house, right? Where the kids were supposed to be at. I was able to convince him to do that because, hey, man, here's your two options. Which do you want? Right? Plain white or vanilla. <laughs> Chocolate or vanilla. Whichever you want. Um. There was no right answer for him there. And so far as he could have said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, all of us are going there. We're going to leave this guy here. Or you know what we're going to do? We're going to take Ronaldo, truss him up. And next character is just going to carry his ass down the street with us because we can't, we can't trust that motherfucker. So we're just going to drag him over here. You know, any permutation, whatever could happen, whatever happens, happens, right? But presenting and narrowing the choice down makes that. The options become an encounter, perhaps is a way to say it, right? You show up here, do you attack the boss, do you attack the, this person, you run away, you know. It, it's an encounter. Which decision do you make? Do I deal with the NPC kids or do I stay here and talk to the street alchemist type of person? So if you choose to do something off the wall, you know what? I don't do anything. I light a building on fire. Really? You light a building on fire? Yep. <laughs> that's what I feel like doing. That occurred okay. to me once, Brett. <laughs> so like, yeah, it did, actually. I think you're probably trying to burn something. It's a, okay, fine. So you light a billion fire. All right, well, all right. So you go off to light a billion fire. I table that. And I'll come back to them later. But I think part of it for me is when people are trying to, we're trying to plan, they're trying to set up a certain number of right answers, proper solutions, and the sequence of right, correct events that when done, we'll get everybody from point A to the climax of the adventure, which is great, right? We need to have some kind of a concept. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, what is the flat field, sunny day, no cross breeze shot to get from here to the end? But I think what we have to be aware of is that every encounter can be solved damn near any way possible, given what's occurred up until then. If at the very beginning, you guys had gotten in a brawl, in the two or three different encounters you had, it could have gone to, we need to rest. We need a long rest. We are all 75 to 80% down at hit points. We're not going fucking anywhere. We go back to the witch's luck, the tavern, and we just crash here because that's what we need to do. Right? They choose not to go anywhere. 
that's not a right answer insofar as something that I had plotted or planned out. And however you want to solve the predicament you're in is probably okay. It doesn't mean that the action grinds to a halt. It just means I have to shift a little bit. Did that answer your question or am I way off base there? You pushy little jerk. Uh, I get it. Because there's literally, I mean, when I say nearly unlimited, there's nearly unlimited options for how you want to solve that, man. Yeah, there is. Maybe, kind of. There, there is, yes, in the literal sense. But there may be. You ever play, with that, you ever play in high school where someone goes, yeah, I picked their pocket. You, you, you do what? No. I punch him. Why? Because yeah. I'm, I'm a 13-year-old dunderhead and I just want to punch him in the face. But sometimes I think that kind of play isn't, they're not, there is no problem to solve. They're just going off and doing their thing. Like there isn't a. It's usually a sign of boredom. Yes. That's what that is. Yes. Boredom, boredom, probably borderline immaturity. So uh, I think uh, to cut the boredom is you keep, you keep the decisions flowing, right? The encounters keep happening. Well, you give them more to more to decide to, to figure out right yeah I, yep. which is something i've been trying to work on a little bit is okay if there's a lull how do i get them to do something other than what's being done in the moment mm-hmm. right and in forbidden lands it's kind of unique because they've got they could potentially have more downtime maybe right but if i want to kick that up then it's what goes into their camp or who do they hear not far away or something along those lines like i just there i hmm. you know john wick's book play dirty is an interesting one i have not read the revised version where he's probably reeled back some of his firmer than firm convictions well, those weren't even necessarily convictions. He'll he'll admit that up front. Okay. They weren't necessarily convictions per se. They're like, look, part of this is just catharsis. It's like, look, this this is like some crazy over-the-top stuff. But yes. the idea is thinking beyond the normal. And I think that's kind of what I'm trying to get to here, and perhaps I'm doing a shit job of it, is that when we're planning this stuff out, if we box ourselves in thinking there is a path, Right. And we think, well, yeah, but they could do five different things. And we often get caught thinking, oh, those crazy players, they could go anywhere. They could do anything. Right. One of the ways to control that, as I said, is limiting the obvious number of options and being very black and white with the players. Like, look, I see three things for you to do. So, Sean, are you doing one, two, or three? Now, Sean could easily say, I mean, that's just pop psychology, you know, pop tart psychology approach, right? It's like, ha ha ha. I just, I tricked him. So he's going to do this thing, but it's just laying it out. Like, these are the obvious things that I think your character would do. Do you agree with me? And then you get to say, you know what? Hmm. The way I phrase the question to you makes you think, what would my character do? So in my example with Craig is Craig was being great. He's thinking in character. So I gave him options, stay here or help the children. He has to help the kids, man. You have to. That's the, that, that's the future. I, I, well, yes, and I know his character because I <laughs> built it. So it's in the character, right? Like, he has to do this. So he's got things to deal with here. Is he going to let down the children? Or is he going to help them? 
God, he would be, how he he would be playing against to, type if he was Craig Shipman and not <laughs> helping children. Exactly. Yes, I, I I played against type and there were no dead babies, so I felt good about that. But I do something. But, there is something to be said about the three mm-hmm. option thing, the three choice piece, two choice maybe whatever. But because the, there's always, I, I think there's many times two choices. Mm-hmm. There's always the two choices. There's the engage or do not engage. Yes. That's Fair, right. right? I think that's kind of a yeah. given. You put them in front of something, they're either going to touch it or they're not. They're going to go around it or they're not. They're go- You know, it's always the, the they're going to do this or they're not. The third choice, I think, makes it a little bit more dynamic and a fourth. But if you get to too many, then you're going to start like... Then it's analysis paralysis. It's no better than saying, "What do you do right now?" Oh, uh, I just, I yes. just encouraged it. I built analysis paralysis it, in. It is totally analysis paralysis, right? You get too many you, choices, and it's like, yeah. bah, right? I have to get an. So speaking of this week, I have to get an executive to make a decision at work. Oh, that executive will get three options, no more than three, because anything more than three, it won't work. Don't do it. Do it a hundred percent, or do it half ass. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> well, clearly we'll do it 100. percent There you go. Bingo. Yeah. All Look right. At me sounds good. Part of my yeah. There sounds you go. good. Of course you will. Yeah. yeah. The Peace shit cake. I want to do, the stuff I'm okay doing, and the crap I never want to do. That's right. right. In in that order. Um. So the other piece here of the no right answers is that as the from a player's perspective and as a challenge perspective here, there is when I gave that option to Craig, what do you do? There was no right answer for Craig. Going to help the kids or staying here with you guys dealing with the street alchemist, either one was acceptable. At the very beginning, um, the rogue on the rooftop, I'm trying to remember um, the name of the rogue. Do, 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 do. Good Lord, I'm losing my mind. Where are my notes? I'm going to find Is this. Is that Roman's character? That was Roman's character. Thank you. God, I was trying to call the I don't know who the name. character's ah, name was. Scout. It was Scout. Scout. So Roman's up on the roof. I'm just going to go figure by that way. A rogue named Scout <laughs> on the roof. <laughs> yes. So Roman's up there playing Scout. And creature, thing, oh my God, what do you do? Uh, the implied is it's lurching, galumphing, trying, making crazy ass noises. What do you do? The obvious is I can fight. I can run. What did Roman do? Roman said, I talked to it. Yeah. Right. He started a conversation and Brett went, what the fuck? You know what? Smash <laughs> cut. Boom. Back over here. Cause I'm like, huh? Who the hell talks to a walking gelatinous worm garbled monster? That's fucking weird. All right, Roman, you got me there. Park that sucker. Let's go back to the inn and see what everybody else is doing because my brain's got to spin. What the fuck am I going to do up there? The rest of you encounter um, the butcher and the baker in different phases, kids, stuff happening, so on. There was no right answer for you to engage. You talk to the children. You say, fuck off, little kid. I don't want to talk to you. When you see the butcher walk in and walk out immediately, what do you do? Do you follow him as the obvious clue by four? Or do you say, you know what? I'm going to sit on the ship with the lasers and see what happens. You could have. Either answer was fine. Sometimes as well. Um, the, the other thing is done as game masters in general, we will feel that the right answer is the one that keeps the characters in the action or keeps them up with everybody else. And the way I run a game 
it's very possible to have people doing different things in different locations and not everybody's in a dungeon moving along and not everybody's always together. And sometimes somebody's like, look, I want to stay here. If their character says, I want to stay in the ship with the guns, because this is what I think is the safest thing to do. My question to the person is, okay, so you're saying your character would rather stay here. I'm careful. I'm choosing my words, not you. I'm trying to say very obviously your characters make it. You believe you're this is the thing your character wants to do. Your character is making this decision. So I would say like, instead of to Nick, I wouldn't say, Hey, I guess <clears throat> Nick, what are you doing per se? It's a LT. Another thing I try to do that was a character's name. LT. So you're staying here, you leave an LT by addressing the player as the character it helps to get them in the character mindset. There is no right answer. If you, right, would have um, chosen to stay in the tavern when the action was going outside, Max could, you could have said as Max, like, look, I'm not getting involved in that shit. That sounds like hard work. Sit back, sip my wine, wait for him to come back and ask my advice. That's fine. At a certain point, that means you, Sean, playing Max, don't get in on the action. As long as your characters get, as long as you are cool playing your character that way, that's fine. I don't have to drag you into the action. A, a choice people can make is to avoid the action. I don't want to get hurt. I won't get bothered with it. Lenny's running a Call of Cthulhu game, um, Horror in the Orient Express. My guy is specifically armchair quarterbacking the entire adventure. I built him that way because I don't want to take over. I order the I order the other players around. You go look at that. You check the look at that. Oh yeah, so head over there. Oh yes, yeah, so I think you should do that. I order that, and they just listen to me. But you can't they, play yourself in a role playing game. That's <laughs> no fun. It's, it's kind of fun right now. But <laughs> I suppose. But anyway, um, you get everybody so in, in the role playing game. You get everybody to do actually what you tell them to yeah. do. So yeah, exactly, and because they want to, because it's fun that way. So they run out, bring back shit. I look at go. Ah, I go slightly insane after they went greatly insane. But anyway, the point is, is and Lenny asked me, one point is, are you cool with this? I said, dude, I am purposely sitting back. My character is a sit back. I built him to be a laid back kind of, I don't get engaged in the investigations. I write them up. You know, this is, this is what I do. I'm a, a, you know, I'm a documenter or a librarian more. Um, not that librarians aren't action oriented sometimes, but point anyway, point is, is he's, he's not going to jump in the action. And that's by the adventure's sake and so forth, it doesn't mean it's the wrong choice for me not to engage in the action, but it's fine for me to sit out of the action for a little bit. And I think that sometimes as game masters and even as players, when there's action happening and we're not in it, we feel like, ooh, as players, oh, did I, I made the wrong choice. I should be there. Oh, fuck, I should have been. Sometimes the other players look at you and go, dude, where's the fucking healer? You're the guy with the you're the guy with the stim packs. Why are you not here? Oh, I wanted to stay at the tavern and I thought I was gonna meet a contact here. You idiot! You know, that conversation happens and the player can feel bad. When in fact, what I think is happening, as long as the player is making, you know, they've made a decision, it's not right or wrong, it's just a choice, right? And then perhaps next time when the opportunity produces itself, the person goes, you're coming, right, medic? Yep, I'm coming. I can't let you guys come crawling back with broken bones again. You know, healers coming along. Or Max, your character, the um, uh, the wizard, is like, I'm showing up. Had you chosen to stay back. Too much crazy occult, arcana shit, 
I'm coming. I've got to see it in person because these knuckleheads can't explain anything to no, me. No, they're just, you know. No. All right, I'm babbling a lot here, man. But you're following with what I'm saying? I'm, I'm kind of, as is my want, bouncing a bit here. But does it make sense to you at all or am I off way the hell off? No, I don't think you're way off. I think it's, um, I, yeah, I'm interested. I'm interested to see how the Delta Green game pans out because I know what's, I mean, we know kind of what's mm. going on. Yep. And this one is, you know, and it call Cthulhu, Delta Green, you know, insert procedural police procedural type investigation type game. And yes, I realize fantasy games can be investigative, Sean. They're going in the dungeon to check in on something or whatever, but it's not, it's not the same. It is not. No, it, I think it's it, not, it, there's it's enough, not. there's enough difference to it. Yes. yes. Keep going. Yeah. It's, it's just not the same because with, with the group, I'm interested to see what they tackle and how, and because they can get over, they're either going to get overwhelmed or underwhelmed. Well, they could go with the flow too. Who knows? Right? There's the three choices. Hey. Yeah. But it is going to be interesting because I find that some people are, they'll hit a brick wall. They're like, shit. Well, I don't know. We don't have any clues. Where do we go? All right. What do we do? You know, if Delta Creed's got a luck roll, roll luck roll. Okay, great. I'll feed you some stuff. Um, or you remember this or you forgot about that. Uh, so going back to to, to this specifically, it, I just I keep thinking of things when you throw the problem at the characters. Mm-hmm. What what do they plan on doing? <clears throat> I think that's a. I think there's a lot of game masters that. I mean, I've listened to game masters that have written books, and they say, "Okay, I got to come up with like a combat encounter." And I'm like, "Why? Why are you denoting it as a combat encounter?" Like, why? That's not your choice as a game master, is it? <laughs> is it? I mean, so I, as, as, a, as be, a designer, yeah. so as a designer, you could say this is a combat. You could be ham-fisted. Right, sure. You could say this is a thing. I know it's going to be a so, combat encounter because I'm going to have the NPC attack them. Yes. Right, that's a no right. eggs. Okay, got it. Now, as soon as they walk in the door, the trolls attack. Right. It's combat encounter. It says attack right there. Right now, that said though, monster. Depending on this, the wolf isn't going to come and lick their face. I get it. Yeah. Or, or however, though, depending. (gasps) Oh, they got a druid. They got a fucking druid, and it's in animal handling. Or it turns out that the person who walks in there um, splashes, you know, a love potion before the troll attack. What I don't know. So, the concept of the problem. How do I do this? So. At the end of the day, we're putting the problems the, in buckets. You put the problems in buckets, and the other the other thing here is that understanding holistically what it is you're trying to accomplish as a as a game master, and by that I mean in the streets of Babylon, game I ran for you guys in third floor. I'm like, okay, there's going to be there are these creatures. There's this demonic like thing. There's clues in various places that I know are important to me. That we'll see what they come up with. At the end of the day, their main thing is they are going to want to, as guardians of this neighborhood, they're going to want to stop this fucking problem. Right? Maybe. Stop, stop Maybe. the problem. Yeah, exactly. Now, that's the driving force that most people have. I'm like, okay, so normally 
an Avalon game that's going to be of this nature, of this campaign, stop a problem to the neighborhood. It is too much to just let go. If this were a different Avalon campaign and it were a rival guild moving and shaking, I could be like, well, you know what could happen here? Let's see. Who do I have for players and characters? I got a rogue. I got a, I got a fighter type who wants to be a heavy. I got a wizard who loves who loves getting into combat for whatever fucking reason. He just he just wants to be there. I got this. I got this. I got that. You know, huh? These are things that could happen. And I'm just keeping that in mind. Like, what does that do? So the main goal is my bad guys. We've talked about this before. Like the clocks are ticking, stuff's happening, right? The bad guys are going to do whatever it is that they're going to do. The plot is continuing. Um, you may impact in one way, shape, or form based on the type of answer you provide to whatever the encounter is or the challenge is in front of you. So when I was running for you in Third Floor Wars, again, to use that uh, reference, you guys found the place in the basement. You could have said, you know what? We're not going to the sewers. We're not doing it. We're waiting until we need more data. One of you, LT, stay here. Watch that hole. We're going over here because we think there's more data. Got a chief. Everybody runs off. Follows Max. You guys go do a bunch of research. Then come back. Maybe some. Maybe LT sits there twiddling his thumbs for hours while you guys do this. Or maybe he's dead by the time maybe you come back. Maybe he's dead, yeah! <laughs> Instead of poor Max. But depending what all answers and directions have consequences of some sort or another, right? As long as it is, in my opinion, my opinion, thematically correct with what's supposed to be going on, the players are going to buy it. I, as a player, buy it when it makes sense in the overall themes of what's going on. If I'm in a Delta Green game and I'm playing or I'm running and... It's a Cthulhu mythos. You start to uncover a thing, and somewhere within that is deep ones. You're like, oh, my God. If all the answers, you know, whatever occurs, the blowback, whatever solutions the players throw out there, quote, unquote, right or wrong, whatever the the um, the repercussions, you know, wh- whatever happens after they give you the answer, as long as it's thematically correct, it's going to be okay. The players are going to say, ah, yes, that makes some sort of sense. Had you guys opened the trap door in the Avalon game and not seen more horrible worms in the basement, you wouldn't have believed you were on the right track. There was an immediate flag that said, we are going in the right direction. There is a problem down here because that was what you saw up top. Then down here, there's more of it. It was an immediate sign that there's stuff to happen, Right. Had you guys not chased the mass figure down the passageway, right? That one that was outside ran off a little bit. That was just a pure distraction, man. Oh, right. The whole the whole concept is try to pull a character away so I could go kill Ronaldo, which is exactly what I did. You could not get any more information out of him. There was no wrong answer there, no right answer either. Do you chase the masked figure, or do you hold your ground, or do you split up? Right? So there are three options. Back to your three, right, Sean? Everybody chose to go tyrant all up and chase. Tyrant all up and chase. Nothing really interesting happens. Kind of some spooky, weird grossness and some damage from worms. But then there's a practically an explosion of violence behind, and then Ronaldo's crushed. Huh. Something bad happened while y'all weren't there minding the shop. 
repercussions from the actions. Nothing bad about it, but it, what happened is then thematically, everyone went, fuck. That makes sense because there's an evil in the sewers beneath this guy's place. Damn it, damn it, damn it. It came up here and killed him. We got to go down there and take care of this problem, right? So it, it's just, it drives towards the theme of down here is where the problem is. You buying that? Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. I do think you asked me this off the mics, kind of uh, tongue in cheek. Is there a wrong answer? And I think the answers of I light it on fire, I punch a guard, I stab him. Can I? Can I? Can I seduce the king? Like it, this isn't what? 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 Why? Why are you doing this? You know, those that type of childish <laughs> activity to me. I would almost, I would borderline label wrong or like, dude, I don't want that at my table type of stuff, <laughs> you know? I think the things that are wrong, if there's a wrong answer, is the, I'm using the phrase thematically here, thematically incorrect, right? I, I think that's that's where it goes bad. Your characters are doing great, you're investigating, you're doing this cool thing. And you shoot the librarian and call it Cthulhu. Why did you do that? Well, I just took it away. You said he was being arrogant. Uh, it says you're my character. She, I don't like arrogant people, so I shot him in the face. It says you don't like him, but it says you fucking murder them. What, what's wrong with you? You know, why would you do that? You know, that's how you put that um, in there so Seamus wouldn't eat it. Out of character, out of theme, out of genre, out of the tone, right? Think shit that breaks the tone, I think is more important. Maybe tone is better than theme in this case, but I think that's the only time i can think about top of my head where i would say that's a wrong answer to whatever the problem is yeah you all right you with me yeah all right did i grab something i couldn't hear you i can't hear you now oh you can't hear me oh <laughs> he mutes himself and then, and then dresses me down probably i muted myself because i had to move something. all right that's fine anyways so I honestly think the other piece to this, Sean, is that when do you do puzzles in in games at all, like riddles, anything like that? Yeah. Or when you run your pre gens, or your published or pre published, depends how you like them. When you encounter a puzzle, do you think of because um, usually the puzzle has an answer? Do you force the players to give you that specific answer, or do you give them some leeway? Oh. Oh, I ran Tomb of Annihilation, which is full of puzzles. Yes. Hence my question. And I I I think I ran them as written. And I think because I I think that they tried to do a decent job at not overcomplicating them. Like I think it it was Hey, you look through this mask and you see something and it's there. And it wasn't um some of those puzzles weren't if you did it wrong, you were totally screwed. It doesn't stop play like, well, I can't go any further through this dungeon because I got this wrong, I'm done. They would eventually I mean, I had a couple where they were stumped for a while and they eventually unlocked the secret. Okay. And it may they may have unlocked the secret, but there are repercussions on maybe how they did it. Okay. And based on that, some of the folks that have run Tomb of Annihilation know exactly what I'm talking about. 
And once that occurred, if it was like, say, for example, they were trying to do something and it triggered, they, they got what they needed and it triggered an event and animated something. And they were like, okay, great. Yep. Stuff's rolling. We can get this cube. We can't get the cube. And then it was combat ensued because maybe something came alive or whatever. Mm-hmm. It just complicated things. It didn't abruptly stop and cease the whole plot from moving forward. See, that's good to me then. That means that from the right answer perspective, there is <clears throat> there is a better answer, not an absolutely right answer. Because right is indicates such a binary thing, right? It's either right or it's wrong. So in this case, you had a very specific answer may well be the, the best answer, i.e., Shit doesn't animate. <laughs> I don't lose more hit points and spells and other, you know. In these instances, it was kind like of the this. sequence, right? They, if they did well, it, that's right? Yeah. A and then B and then C, no problemo. But if you don't, it's not like you can't get through it. It's just going to be harder. Correct. See that to me, if I read, if I were to have read that and understand how that flows, I'd be like, that's cool to me. Yeah. I don't, I don't know the rest of it, but that layout to Brett is good adventure design because it says, hey, man, look, here's Flatfield Sunny in a crossbreed. See that? Bang! You hit bullseye. Good for you. You show up in a hurricane, it's harder to hit the bullseye right away, kids. It's, you're going to you're get blown off course. You're going to come over here. You're going to come over there. Because that's, that's how, core, how hardcore Brett is. He's going to hunt. Yeah. Bow hunt in exactly. a hurricane. <laughs> totally, yeah. <laughs> But you know what I'm saying, though, Sean? I think I think that's good design because, and when we think about stuff like that, is instead of we're making our homebrews or reading pe- or reading advent- published adventures, saying, "Okay, boy, this seems the adventure itself may not be a railroad, but there's a chunk in here." I'm picking this out just because I've seen this be- myself. There's a chunk in here. If I don't do X, there's no way to progress. Now, my buddy Lenny would say, "It's called Cthulhu Adventure, Brett. Too fucking bad." You buggered it up. Everything goes pear shape. Really arises. Cthulhu beats the world. Y'all lose. Fuck. That's how he likes to run his Cthulhu games. He'll tell you that flat out. I don't do that. That's just his style. My preference is if you do it perfectly from start to finish. Wow. Good investigation. Great plot. You killed the dragon while it was sleeping. Well done. Didn't trip any traps. Blah, blah, blah. Name your name your you know, straight line of choice. Whatever you do, though, the rest of it is like, shit, I'm dealing with the consequences of my suboptimal, if you will, or my not quite the best. It's still, I made good choices, and you can tell that because the plot, the adventure continues on, right? Sometimes it's harder because I get to the, you know, the penultimate last fight, and fuck, it's very obvious if I only had the crown from the first clue, this fight would be a lot easier. We lost that in the gelatinous cube when we lost the thief. God damn it. Well, roll them up, kids. Let's see what we can do. And then you beat the boss or you you fight him or whatever, lose a couple more characters, whatever it takes. Um, but I think that that to me is more fun. And I think those are the pieces that when that happens, I as a player... I know, look back, oh, I wish I would have remembered, ah, crap, we totally, oh, damn it, if only. 
those things are they're like it's like a fun loss to me in a in a weird way where I'm like oh but I'm still here it's okay it's okay we could we could sol- we could soldier on we can still do this we could still make it happen you know against the odds type of thing because had we had all that stuff we kind of cakewalk man type of thing well that's why in some of those puzzle situations I didn't want to give them anything because I think if you do and they solve it or they you know then it it, it just takes away from them. Now, did they come up with anything that was close? Like, would you have? Uh, would you do the? That's close enough. Or that's ooh, that's a good. Well, it's close enough because then they got up, then they trigger something, and then they have to pay the consequences. <laughs> so everything was close enough. I mean, none of them were a point where they were like. It didn't stop the adventure. No. Right. No. So. No. I think that's key because I. I mean, I do remember as a kid, coming up against a riddle, and I had a dungeon master in high school. We had a, had a sphinx. Asked us riddle. We couldn't think of the answer. And he looked at us like, it's the easiest riddle ever. And we're like, we've never heard it. Can we do an intelligence check? No, you have to guess. Uh, okay. A cat, a dog. Can we just kill it? No, you can't. Okay. It was terrible. <laughs> it was just this terrible, terrible thing. It was like there was only one way to get past this. We couldn't fight it. We were magically stopped. We had to do this and we had to answer this fucking question. Right, it was just it was abysmally bad. Um, the the DM never ever did that again. <laughs> so so bloody obvious, it was terrible. Um, but I, I I don't think people do it that bad. But there are times when you're you're running something. Ooh, here's a riddle. Here's a puzzle. Whatever that is. And sometimes it, it, investigations are just are just complicated puzzles. That's basically what it is. You ask somebody who like looks up forensics like what what happened here i think it was this i think it was a blunt instrument i think it was this i think it was that you're trying to piece all this data together and um you you're you're guessing it's a good guess it's an educated guess based on all this information you have but sometimes you're going to make you're going to pick something that's close and given what and if the players are like well look hmm according to what we've heard from all the npcs basically what sean told us was the last people in the room were either Malcolm, Simone, or Dexter. Well, huh. And you go through and go, it's Simone. It's got to be. And you may say, yeah, no, no, it's not because the adventure says it clearly this, but they missed something, you know, whatever. Or you could rejigger things. You could change it around or whatever the case is. And um, but anyway, point is, is that the repercussions, I think, are the important piece. And I like the way you. I like the way that 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 did that in uh, Tomb of Annihilation. It didn't stop you cold because old school Tomb of Horrors, man. You figure this out. No Juggernaut kills you. What happens? Juggernaut kills you. What happens over there? Fall in the hole and you die. Fuck. Rocks well, fall. Everyone dies. I think. You know? <laughs> I think wizards. I mean, despite maybe some of their shortcomings and what people may or may not think about them, is I think they, you know, specifically with that one, you know, and and being the tr- trickster gods and that are involved in some of those things. I think they probably intentionally went out of their way where they wanted to put these puzzles into place for theme, Mm -hmm. but they also realized that they didn't want them to be, you know, like Victor might have, you know, refers to them as like gateway puzzles. Like you don't, if you don't solve them, you don't go forward. Yeah. There was a, um, I was explaining this to my son, AJ, who had never experienced the hell of some of the earlier computer games. There's a Baldur's Gate, I believe it was, on, excuse me, Bard's Tale, not Baldur's Gate, Bard's Tale, a lot of total 
confused it, but he was one or three or something where the only way to get to a certain thing was to be randomly teleported to that room. Like on three separate occasions, some weird ass teleportation randomness. And it like people would write these big, like, I finally figured it out after, you know, 200 hours of gameplay. I'm like, holy, f- what crazy fool sat there that long and banged the head on that wall. Some of those earlier, uh, or actually, this is one of my problems with video games is there, there's some of them where I'm like, so the only thing to do is to find the one thing that I can't figure out how to find. If I ever feel like I have to go to a cheat board or ask somebody who's already won the game how to figure it out, I'm like, this is fuck design, man. I would never, ever do this in a D&D game, any RPG ever. I would never have it so that the only possible way to get to the next thing is this one very specific right answer. Because to me, that's just bad shit design. It just stops everybody's fun. Yours included, because... Quite frankly, I think part of being a good GM is looking at the stuff and you want the players. I'm, I'm a champion for you. I want you to get all the way to the end, man. That'll be great. It'll be challenging. But it'll, be, it'll be tough. That'll be cool. But we're going to get to the end. We're going to get to the end of this big motherfucker. We're going to fucking claw our way through a 300-page adventure. We got it. We're there. Even if you died at the, the end, you're just, you made it there, though, right? But I don't want to get stopped in Chapter 2 because I couldn't figure out that the answer was a silver ball or rosebud or whatever the fuck it is right i just don't i think i beat that one enough you good john i'm good man yeah probably a terrible topic and people tell me so but we'll figure it out as we go <laughs> <laughs> let's move on die, die roll. roll two to four miscellaneous gaming points of gaming and geekery we want to bring and share to you this week we've got three First one, here be taverns, a 2021 any nominated website that provides you with all kinds of random tables and generators. It is a pay site, but you get for free a decent amount. But nonetheless, it's a good resource, which we have not come across in the past before. So check that out. The next one is the Deanna Jones Award. Um, I didn't know who was nominated this year until they actually announced the award. Um, so we'll put the nominations because the site hasn't been updated yet because they're probably still at Gen Con or getting home from Gen Con. But it was Nib- Nibcard Games, which is a Nigerian board game. Uh, manufacturer, publisher. Um, so it's a tabletop movement, t- tabletop games movement with the principal aim to initiate and bloom a sustainable tabletop industry in Nigeria. Cool. And then, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one are the Any Award winners, which I went over on Saturday if you were, if you joined me Saturday, I went through some of them. Um, free I assume we were not. We we're not on there, are we? We I <laughs> made. Uh, I let everybody know that we didn't get on any for podcasting. So, of course not. Which is I fine. heard <laughs> the world sigh at uh, the news of that, but uh, you know what are you going to do? But free league did pretty well. Um, 
And then the one that followed Free League through a lot of the nominated cate- uh, categories and nominations, which was the Heart, Heart, The City Beneath, which is uh, based out of UK, I think. Free League didn't win the Logistics Championship Award, did they? They did not, and they didn't have it. But it's funny you mention that, Brett. I mentioned on Saturday about Modifius having a stateside-based website. Like mm-hmm. I guess everything was, you know, UK based, and uh, Modifius has been known to fulfill free league shipments. Yes, 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 yes. But I didn't see free league product on the United States version of Modifius website, which I was kind of like, oh, yeah, interesting. Alice is missing also one. Yes, Victor mentions uh, which. So a lot of these I was I'm fans of. I mean, I've ran two games of Alice is missing. And uh, the publisher of the year went to Free League. And then, of course, there's a sprinkle of other fine products uh, from the NE Awards. Cortex Prime, I think, got some interior art and stuff like that. So, so we, there was a little bit of debate, like the merits of the NE Awards, which has been debated and, and people have opinions on. But nonetheless, it's a list of games that were recognized by some people, voted by a group of popularity. But no matter what, no matter what you do for an award, somebody's gonna say it's a popularity contest, it's not real, blah blah blah. If nothing else, the, excuse me, nothing else though. The the cool thing is that this is how we I find out about a lot of cool shit. Yeah. Right. I look at huh, any award winning, huh? That's kind of cool. Hmm. Somebody thought enough about this to upvote them. That's a, that's interesting. That's interesting to me. That makes me. T- it does make me take another look. For a while there, I always thought, "What's the fucking point?" Blah 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 blah. But I gotta I gotta admit, man, when I look at my own buying habits, I say, "Huh, people are upvoting this in an interesting, in like the way, if you will, to um, say good job, right?" That through the any awards. So there's there's some power in that. That's that's pretty cool. It's better. It's almost better. Uh, I think it is better than the five star rating type of thing. Well, and the biggest, the biggest, like, force on the list, if I'm not mistaken, is Free League Publishing. Yeah. Not Wizards. Wizards of the Coast. Nope. Not Paizo. They could have. Could Absolutely. Yep. Could have. But they don't. Yeah. 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 It, 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 it bodes well that they're not just going to the. The gimme. Right. right. Yeah. We could go to the giant, quote unquote. Assuming yes. the judges would put them in, for, <clears throat> you know, would pass them on to the nomination. And then, of course, Great. being the 300 and 500 pound gorillas, the popularity contest could, could play a bigger piece. And I mean, that's the way it was in some years past. Yeah. You know, when Paizo was going up against fourth edition, they swept Annie's. Almost year after yep. year with almost a lot of their categories. Point being, I mean, Alice is Missing is like, yes, it's by Hunters, um, but it's it's one guy, Spencer, you know. Yep. So it's it's interesting that, that, that kind of dynamic in there. So anyways, check out some of the products in there. Diogo won. I know we've got fans of Diogo. Um who did an old school essentials module and he's got some products of his own. So I know there's some folks that appreciate what he's done in the past and 
amongst other things in here that I didn't even know was out. So, yeah, there you go. Anyways, I think that's it for this episode of the Gaming BS Podcast. Uh, thanks for everybody who's joined us live in the in the chat. We appreciate it. We record here every Monday night. Contemplating moving to, to YouTube live streaming. Whoa. I know. Brett, you won't even know. No, I won't notice. I barely... <laughs> Brett, Brett, what do you think? Well, I don't know. Sounds good. <laughs> Wouldn't even know if he's on YouTube. Sounds good. I'm so, on YouTube now. Neat. Hi, YouTube. We may move to YouTube next week. I just got to test it and make sure it works. And then, you know... We'll, we'll. I've said it before, man. I mean, you, you are, you are the brains behind the operation. I am, I am just the bearded face that talks a lot. Yeah. And, uh, I, I 100% sincerely appreciate everything you do. Thanks, space, Brett. Man. I just, I just want to say it all out again. Yeah. Thank well, you. It's team effort, regardless. Totally, man. Absolutely. Um, even if it's team Brett saying, you know what? Go ahead. It's still better it, than man. Brett saying, well, hold on a second. Let's talk about this for <laughs> Yeah, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Yeah, right. <laughs> Fight me on yeah. everything. Let's, uh, for God's sakes, yeah, yeah. No. So, um, cool, man. So we'll see if, if next week. I'll, it, but the thing is, to get notified, which you can, you got to subscribe to our channel. YouTube channel, yes. So you got to go to gamingnbs.com forward slash YouTube. It'll get you to the right URL channel. And then when we go live, it'll let you know and then then we'll be off and running. There's a, a variety of reasons, but we won't get into that right now. So we'll see. Um, and then, of course, you can check out our audio flagship show at, at your podcatcher of choice. We appreciate it. Subscribe. But other than that, hey, good to see everybody. Thanks for supporting us over all these years. And uh, again, remember, reminder, if you want to intro an episode, we'd love to hear from you, even if it's anonymous. Like, hey, I'm introing this show. Nobody needs to know my name. Episode number whatever. Have you a nice day. Can absolutely do that. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, we know that's fine. Anyways, you get your kid to do it. If you don't want to do it, get your kid to do it. Get your yeah, care. get your kids to do I don't it. That's care. fine. Then then they that's can listen funny. to Brett drop f bombs during no, the episode. No, don't don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> no, don't don't They'll be, be like fans. They'll want to hear their voice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, Uncle Brett said it's fucking okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, let's talk about Uncle Brett. All right. <laughs> we'll let you cool, get man. on with your week thanks for tuning in I'm Sean and I'm Brett good night and good game ball this episode of Gaming and BS produced with help from the following BSers Joe Swick Old School DM Tony Sugarloaf Baker Eric Jeppesen Andy Hall Chris Steele Jason Hobbs Mark Dasaka Merkel Froelich Pure Mongrel Brett Pazinski Brandon Barnes Eileen Barnes Dan LaValle Victor Wyatt Craig Huber Roger Brasslett, Stephen Dragonspawn, Jared Rasher, Ray Otis, Jim Fitzpatrick, Old Scouser, Role Playing, Christopher Lang, Curtis Takahashi, Larry Hout, Ron Bishop, Mark Richmond, Chad Gleyman, Sky, Craig, Howard Bishop, Josh Wallace, Corey Welch, Angus, Eric Salzweedle, George Sedgwick, Robert Nemeth, Brian Kurtz, Laramie Wall, Perry Besor, Eric Avia, Andy Olson, Jeff Seifert, John Kayward, Corey Gonzalez, Maurice, Niall Diamond, Aaron Relia, Jeff Goad, Aaron Coleman, Brian Rumble, Rich Wishon, David F. Baylog, Harrigan, Melissa Bashinsky, Henry Newcomb, Cole Kago, Eric Tavola, Hoos Carl, Ghost GM, Mike Hess Jr., Rory Weston, Jim Ingram, 
Daniel Garrett, Eric Frankhouse Presents, Phil McClory, Adam Grotejohn, Jay Plata, Ed Nyes, The Duke in Purple, Isaiah Aries, Christian, Larry Hollis, Quigley Malcolm, Awal Trooper, Craig Shipman, Todd Sharp, Orcus Dorcus, Chris Shore, Michael Holland, Wayne Peacock, Mike Coleman, Miniature Master, Kevin Keneally, Zagrave, Vornak, Farty McButterpants, Andrew Lear, Craig Chunglo, Eric Lunsford, Ty Prunty, Feelin' Good Lewis, Ziga Pradzik, Stacy Winters, Nick Westbrook, and John Mahoney. Hey, do us a favor. Let somebody know about the podcast. Put a tweet out there. Put it out on Facebook. Put it in some group we're not a part of. I don't know. Put it up in a friendly local game store. Say, hey, listen to these freaking jokers. Thanks, BSers. Oh, shit. I almost forgot. And don't forget, be a positive force in the tabletop RPG hobby. Now I'll thank you. Thanks, BSers. This This has been a Litterbox Studio production. production.